0: Got your ears on is brought to you by Tactical Legion Nine. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here, along with Scoot,
1: Jeez, oh, and Johnson. Guido, it is a veritable WVU smorgas board of information where do you even want to start i mean it is a literal board of smorga to deal with here i think it's
2: is a it smorgas
1: a board shmorgas of smorgas is it shmorgas board or is... board i
2: always get that
0: confused i think it's board board i don't know i think it's a board of smorga we might have to go to the lehigh valley soon and find out um It was an amazing weekend to be a WVU fan this past weekend uh, over Thanksgiving. There was just like, there was nonstop WVU on TV, uh, which was fun. And we'll get to all of that. But I think the thing we need to talk about first, boys, is sort of the, not breaking news, but kind of what happened today, where former athletic director at WVU, Shane Lyons, goes on TalkLine with Hoppy Kirchival today and Pretty much drops like the biggest incendiary bomb on the university in the span of 30 minutes on the air with Hoppy Johnson.
1: Yeah, I feel like he... Uh, he looked back over his shoulder and he said, Oh, that bridge. And then he just tossed a big box of matches and gasoline on it and watched it burn as he talked to Hoppy Kirchable today, Scoot.
0: And and by the way, Scooty, I just want to say, I've never heard somebody, uh, say the phrase I was invited up to the Blaney house so many times in my life. It was like
2: 10 times. He said it." it. So clearly this is a, it's a weird scenario, right? Yeah. Very odd that a outgoing um, administrator would sit in on a kind of a tell all really of any kind. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, so let, bizarre, let alone
1: like, the athletic
2: director. So that really. tells me that he is like when he said he was bitter, he really is upset. Like, I mean, cause why, <laughs> I, <laughs> why would I believe you do that him now? I yeah. Believe like, him. why would you do that? A lot of people, you know, like you hear people say, Oh, I'll take the high road. He kind of, I don't know if it was the high road. It was kind of like uh maybe a little bit lower than the high he's, he's on that uh next <laughs> yeah. road down from the high road. And
0: a little bit of inside baseball radio stuff here. Uh so West Virginia Metro News, which is the broadcasting agency that hosts Talkline, the, the is uh used to be the broadcaster had the rights to all the WVU broadcasts. Well, that was lost. I don't know if you guys remember where Learfield took it over years ago. Yeah, that's a good and point. Since right. then, yeah, since then, uh, West Virginia Media Corporation, which owns uh, Metro News and all that, has not been all that nice to the university. So I'm sure there was some, you know, joyous poking and prodding to get Shane. No, to come that's on, a great come point. On the,
1: yeah, like let's not miss an opportunity to needle. To, to needle them a little bit. That's so a good So he spends
0: point. most of the time talking with Hoppy about uh, how, you know, blasting sort of E. Gordon Gee, talking about how two weeks prior to being fired, he gets a text message and he even's like, I still have the text message on my phone from the president of the college saying, you know, I know it's a tough year. I wouldn't want anybody else in the trenches with me other than you, Shane, like rah, rah, we're at it. And then. You know, starts getting word early last or early the week of the Oklahoma game that his job, you know, might be on the block. Gets the meeting on Sunday, which was scheduled before the win, the Oklahoma win, goes to this meeting and gets fired. And he pretty much tells uh, Hoppy on the air that he is the scapegoat for the problems with the football program.
1: Yeah, I think, I think specifically using the word scapegoat, Guido, uh, naming. President Guy and Alsop by name when when Hoppy says who are you who are you bitter yeah who made these these I mean he just he just comes out with names I mean I, I text Scoot earlier to me I mean he already alluded to it you know it's first of all surprising someone like that would go would go on an appearance like that but then to me secondly it was just surprising to hear him be so candid. I mean, saying it was a campus level decision that was taken to the board. I think he came out, uh, he came out guns blazing in this,
2: in this discussion. He, I think wanted to almost show that it was, and I get it. He wanted to prove that it was like an ambush, right? So he wants to show that not only, you know, he said two weeks prior to, he got the text message saying that he's, you know, kind of in good standing. He also goes back and mentions that in, uh, what was it? June, I think he had an evaluation and his evaluation was glowing. He said, right. He a glowing evaluation
1: and pointed and that, out that he had just signed a contract. Yeah. You know, a and new that, contract. in
2: January. Right. Yeah. And that this was all football based. It had nothing to do with any other sports or any other decisions. Um, hop even pressed him kind of on the on the, the country roads trust and the name image and likeness stuff. And he said, you know, there's only so much we can do there, but it's, um, it's. It was pretty interesting. It to me as the fan, it was some of the stuff I feel like we don't always get from right. interviews, like from the press conferences. Like this is a little bit of a, uh, hey, Hoppy asked tough questions and Shane gave, you know, pretty detailed answers. Yeah, he answered. It them. made
0: the it made the university look
2: bad. Yeah. Like
0: it made the university look not
2: great. well and let's be honest like how long did it take him he was unemployed for how long 24 hours i think i mean it probably not even It he probably had something kind of in in the works well he and said
0: he-, he he said in the interview that you know that monday after he got fired on sunday that monday he gets a call from the ad at bama and says hey sorry to hear what happened to you i know this is really soon but you know we'd love to have you back you know at alabama and so i think that's you know the relationship was already there. I think, you know, somebody like Shane Lines
2: is he had opportunities to go other places previous, and over in the hindsight, he years. says, "I wish I had taken them." Yeah, so yeah. that's how that's how upset he is. Yeah. is that he said, "You know, I'll, I'll always be diehard WVU, but I wish I had taken those other opportunities."
1: Well, Scoot, what do you make? Uh, you you brought it up in passing there. I don't feel like we talked about it that much earlier when we were discussing it. But what what do you make of? He spent a decent amount of time talking to Hoppy at one point about his comments were that he was willing to go up to the line of nil and what Country Roads Trust uh, and those types of you know private entities wanted him to do, but he wasn't willing to go beyond that and risk Title IX uh, difficulties. But to me, you know, we're we're focused on his comments about football and the extension and naming all sop and But to me, that was something that really stuck out because that would, I don't know, Guido that, that would lead you to believe or imply that he was maybe being asked to do a bit more than what he was comfortable with. And do you think that's just him allowed to do even? Well, right. Do you think that's just him being conservative or do you think maybe he was alluding to some,
0: something bad there? I mean, I think, and he said all, early on in the interview that one of the reasons that E. Gordon Gee gave him was that they weren't aggressive enough with name, image, and likeness and getting these players and getting these pay, players paid. And I, and I, I mean, th- I that's, think it shines a light on a whole. I think, talk, right? and, that's booster
2: talk, right? That's got to be booster talk. Right. And I think this that, is where this is all driven. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and, he, and he talked about transfer portal and all this other stuff. I think the thing is, is that, and and like, listen, we can go off on this whole thing about how much, and, I, and I'm willing to say, I've al- I always hated Mark Emmeritt. He ruined college sports because he couldn't do anything and he was weak. Um, and this is the, this is what's happening at the end of it. Like and if I was an AD, I'd be this. What happened to Shane Lyons would make me scared because as an athletic director, as somebody who oversees the college, you have to worry about Title IX as an outside entity, entity like the country roads, Trust is. They don't. Care. They get whoever they want to get money. Right. So there's no worry. Like who they don't care if women's lacrosse isn't getting any players, any money because they're a private entity. They they have no tie to the college. Their tie is to the players. And I think that's where he's talking about that line. Is like Shane Lyons can't walk up. Just he can't. You know, walk just male football players and men's basketball players up to the line there and introduce them. Like he has to, they, and that's where that line is really gray in this whole thing with name, image and likeness, because those other sports scooty, those uh, women, I mean, even in women's basketball, those they're not getting cars from Toothman Ford. Right. So I think that's where the the problem is. I think the most interesting thing to come out of this, and and I really want to get Scoot's take on this. He said to finish off the interview, he said that, you know, if if it was his decision if it was up to him that he would have not fired neil brown that neil brown is only in quote unquote year 2 and he would have kept neil brown that the, you know that neil brown has has the kids has the program going in the you know proverbial right direction i think that's an interesting statement because i felt like this was WVU's, and we can get into it. This was WVU saying, you know what? We can't afford to fire Neil Brown. We can't afford to pay off Neil Brown. So we're going to fire Shane Lyons, and we're going to get whatever AD will come in and do what we tell them to do. And Neil Brown's our coach. That that whole interview today is what I got from all of it. Scoot. Yeah. Shane, Shane
1: Lyons. Cupboard bear. COVID.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had, he had your, all th- your, your, thought, your thoughts. Yeah. He, <laughs> he threw out the plethora of excuses that we have been hearing and seeing. So maybe some of what we've been hearing and seeing has come from that office. I don't know. Like, you know, a lot of times, you know, maybe you hear people talking around the office or whatever, and that stuff starts to float out there. Listen, the cupboard was not bare. Okay. If the cupboard was bare, I don't know that. Did Bryce Ford Wheaton was he? Was he a Neil Brown recruit? Well, no, the Stills brothers weren't. The
0: Stills brothers weren't. I mean, I agree with you, Scooty. But, but do you think that this now positions the university that they are like Neil Brown is not? Oh, I think he stays. I think he. I think he. I think he
2: stays. I my position on this whole thing is kind of flip flopped. Like, if you had asked me two weeks ago, I'd the guy's gone. As soon as we hire a new athletic director, he's gone. Now, what I do think, though, and I was talking to somebody about this today, and he made a good point. Neil Brown probably stays, right? Because, one, um, we don't have a new athletic director yet. And the new athletic director is probably not going to rock any boats. So he's going to get another year. And if... Um, Neil underperforms next year, he's gone. And right. the new athletic director is going to look like the hero that said, well, you know, he wasn't my guy, or we're going to go in a different direction, or whatever. And that may be part of what Gordon Gee and, you know, uh, Alsop or whoever else is involved in some of these decisions is like, well, listen. Well, he- and I,
0: and, and listen, I think Ken Kendrick and, and Ollie Luck, I think they're all part of these decisions as well. Like, because Country Roads Trust. Has a big voice and a big pocket. And
2: and it's very possible that they like, like everyone says, right? Neil checks all the boxes, and and Shane said this today. Neil checks all the boxes except for the wins. He's the guy you want representing your school. The guys were playing for him. That's the big thing, too, is I guess the, the players are still playing hard for him is what everyone keeps throwing out there. What
1: have we talked about, though? Like, I'm having a hard time not screaming into the microphone. Like, think of the sentences you just said that we've talked about over the last couple episodes. So, he's he's got him playing hard, Scoot. He's supposed to have him playing hard. Right. And then everything but wins, Scoot. Like, he does all the important things, except the part where we when like what are we like well, these are the same weird like if i didn't know any better shane lyons was sort of like this kevin durant that has a burner account of like someone's weird wvu like you know ear man 72 or something and he's <laughs> been out here tweeting these things because i didn't expect like i'm not saying they're irrational i mean look we we've talked about we know there's a whole population of people out here that that are in that camp and 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 you know dwell on those reasons but those were not things that i expected the athletic director to say scoot at one point he said look we expected seven wins a
2: couple of plays we could have gotten to yeah like
1: yeah and he did the couple of plays early thing and i was just like oh my gosh i can't believe this is like coming from it him. speaks
2: to the level of mediocrity that people close to the university have grown comfortable with.
1: Yes, I think so. I think it
2: does. Like if if you're like, ah, you know what, again, I'm going to go back to the thing that I always harp on, right? It's people connected to West Virginia often feel like they don't deserve the best. They deserve whatever they're able to get a hold of, whether it's and they'll try to make the best of it but it may not be the best. We're going to make the best of this instead of let's just get the best. Then we don't have to make the best of it, but around and and it's, and it's in a lot of areas. It's not just athletics. It's just the people of West Virginia are almost too nice. You know, we, do we talk about how people in West Virginia are really tough and tough minded and, and they are, but they still have this thought that they
1: have to do it the hard way or yeah, they ha- we can't yeah.
2: get we can't get that guy right because of this, that or the other thing or they'll never come to here because, you know, the old excuse was we're not close to airports or, you know, like there was always some kind of like travel reason. <laughs> yes, I remember the old is, airports one like come on
1: but guido at one point in this i think he said himself look you're not getting back to the glory days of 2007 i thought that was i don't know like that's not stuff that the athletic director
2: why not not? like why not yeah
1: right i mean come on like
2: and let's be honest glory days we didn't we didn't play in the national championship. That could have been a glory day. Like, so, I mean, we're still saying that we're not going to get
1: to. Oh, by the way, people right now aren't demanding the glory days. People would love to see three wins in a row in a bowl game.
2: Like how about beating a winning team? (laughs) (laughs) Let's try that. (laughs) Try try that on for size first. And then tell us. We don't even know if we can go to a, a, a tire bowl one of the one that's named after a tire. I don't think we can get or to a one. mower. Maybe. A,
0: would <laughs> you prefer a mower? I don't maybe, but I think that's where I'm at with it. It's like, you're, you're not wrong Johnson. I mean, I feel like as a WVU fan right now, all I want is I want to go back to a decent bowl. I'd want to, I want to go back to a bowl game that is either not before Christmas or the kickoff. Isn't at 10:30 at night. I want to go or, back or, or you're not on ESPN plus. Yeah. Right. Or... Like I, I want to be, uh, you know, and I think, and I, I think let be the best. I, I think everything that's going on right now is points to the fact that Neil Br- like we're we're stuck in it, boys. We're in the we're in the quicksand. Like Neil Brown's not going to go anywhere. They're not going to be able. It, the, my biggest concern actually right now is the fact that you know they they call the Monday that's Cyber Monday. They call it Black Monday for college football coaches, right? Because. Coaches get fired today. Coaches get new jobs. You know, you saw Hugh Freeze gone off the board, right?
2: You saw Luke Fickle. Don't even don't even get me started. You know where this is gonna go, right? Colorado is gonna end up with freaking Coach Prime, and we're gonna be stuck with Happy Go Lucky Neil. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, and, but Guido's not wrong. I mean, Matt Rule is now at Nebraska. You've got everyone making their moves. We're we're not making any moves. And Guido, Coach I think Prime, too. If
2: Coach Prime goes to Colorado. I may have to become a Colorado fan. I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do, and I don't even like Colorado. Like
0: I, I just think that you know where the the problem is is in, in like Johnson. You were getting ready to say it. Like we're in the middle of all of this. We don't have an athletic director. We don't have somebody who's going to make this decision. Yeah, and I mean. It's early in the week after the season ends. I don't see us having an athletic director by the end of this week. Well, I know there's some people. You know, there's some people. Oh, it'll happen this week. It'll happen. I don't. I don't. I. I think there's still two weeks away from
1: it. Yeah, I. I tend to agree, Guido. And don't you think the practical timeline just starts to overshadow like any speculation? Like you're for one thing, the uh, the signing period in December. The dates in December for signing and stuff become such a huge thing and and I, I agree with Scoot I think now I went from after Iowa State I can't believe this guy is still here to now post you know Oklahoma State I I think you have to retain him because now all the important dates setting up for next season just it doesn't make any sense if you don't have an athletic director in place yet you know I I I feel like the practical stance is to expect him back next season, right?
0: Well, well, and I think the other problem being is that any coach that you would want to have is probably off the board by the end of this week. Yep, Uh, I think that, you know, you need – and the university – even if they don't have an AD, needs to come. The university needs to, needs to come out and support him. E. Gordon Gee needs to come out and say, "Hey, we're still with Neil. Neil's still our guy," so that he can recruit. Because that's the problem. You I mean you, uh, Johnson? You put it in the show notes. You got Rodney Gallagher. He's in Penn State. Yeah, he's this weekend.
1: on the Penn State sideline this past weekend. Well, and
2: I and I wonder, like, we don't even have an athletic director in place to say, "Listen, Neil, here's the deal, man. You're back. Jordan Leslie's not." Shadon Brown, whoever whoever else you might want to make changes to, there's nobody there to make those changes unless Alsop does that, and I can't see him doing that.
0: I almost think Scooty, you can punt that. I think you can punt all of the position, all the Graham Harrell, whatever you want to do, like all of that can get punted. You have to let him know that he's the head coach next year, so he focuses on recruiting, and those recruits that he has been recruiting know that he's still going to be there. Uh, You know, it's it's a it's a it's not a good situation, boys. It is
1: not a good situation. So would you would you guys say maybe to wrap this up, would you guys say your takeaway? To me the two takeaways were one uh, uh, those reasons we said made me glad that like nothing against Shane Lyons as a person, but it, after hearing him speak a few of those things into existence, I was like that's why I'm sort of glad he's now not the athletic director anymore. That was one takeaway. The second takeaway is it feels like a toxic situation at the Blaney House or whatever it is. Scoot. The only what is this? Blaney? I don't what know. Is this the only Blaney, Blaney I, I knew before now was Dale is Blaney. it like a bed and breakfast basketball for Gail Catlett. Like that was the only Blaney, <laughs> Blaney I knew. Now I know of a new Blaney I think House. It's like a, but like bed and now, breakfast. you look at Guy and Alsop. How how do they just walk around campus like without people looking at them? Like
2: hey, like we like we heard some stuff about you guys. You know, so,
1: <laughs> to me that's a very so you
2: guys are the ones that are throwing people under the right, bus. That's a very
1: toxic situation guido so like those were my two takeaways i think
0: yeah and just just so we clear it up the blaney house is the president's house it's owned
2: by the college it's where he lives oh it's not dale
1: so, not dale uh early 80s basketball player dale, dale house, blaney dale blaney i believe
2: was a, a nascar i think driver. he was yeah he i think
1: he raced cars after dave that.
2: blaney dale blaney, dale blaney. Dale blaney. I mean, he was a sharpshooter in the early 80s is all i remember dave dave blaney i think is the nascar driver
1: No, I think Dale Blaney did some like amateur racing as well. Maybe
2: they're brothers. It's
0: probably named after like Alfred Squeaky Blaney, who was like (laughs) a crazy basketball player. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. From like the (laughs) nineteen some sort of (laughs) like
2: uh, Nobel Prize. (laughs) Right. Aren't Finalist. those your
1: two takeaways? I mean, to yes, me, it's. Absolutely. You know, number it's, one, wow, this. Now I'm kind of glad this guy's not the AD. And number two, this feels really toxic. He sounded kind of whiny. Yeah. He sounded kind of whiny in it. And like, I've
2: heard through the grapevine that, I don't know, my grapevine is. I don't really have a grapevine. It's more you like.
0: have a grapevine. I've heard through the briar patch. I've heard through the briar Source patch. Sources close to people jake lance is gonna light you up for that one i've
2: heard from sources close to people near the grapevine <laughs> i've heard i've heard my sources have told me and i can't i'm not going to reveal my sources because then they won't be my Sweet sources sources anymore.
1: are like gas station tv at sheets that's like his sources.
2: It's, well yeah those little i like that gas station tv they always talk about uh eva manuos or something yes like anyway um that we're now starting to hear that um rob mullins who is the ad at at Oregon has turned down. Apparently it sounded like he may have been offered the job and has turned it down. So you've got to wonder, but
1: scoot, wouldn't you not to derail your thoughts, but I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to say in my takeaway. Number two is like, if you're a prospective AD, do you look at what just, do you look at all that and
2: go, I I definitely want to get in there? Like what? Well, listen, you're Rob Mullins. You're probably eating lunches often with people like Shane Lyons so right. Rob Mullins gets this offer. He gives Shane his buddy Shane a sure. call and says, hey, Shane, what what's
1: it like? Yeah, of there? course you would,
2: right? He's you, super like, well-connected. You know yeah. How do the lunches at the Blaney House usually go? <laughs> right, like, <laughs> tell us about, yeah.
0: So, I don't know, super weird. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, I would definitely recommend go to wvmetronews.com and uh, watch the interview, the whole thing with Shane Lyons and Hobby Kirchewald. Super Interesting. Guys, the fun, I guess the weird thing to to kind of sum up the whole season for WVU is WVU does a WVU thing, and they defeat Oklahoma, all of the Oklahomas. We win the state of Oklahoma as we beat Oklahoma State 24-19. to 19. Duh, n- Nobody saw that coming. Johnson saw it coming, I guess. Who did, Scoot?
1: <laughs> Come on. Because you Come were on. the one that were like, last week guido you should like do one of those like back to last week scoots like we were talking about it who might score 50 and scoots like have you met our secondary and all this kind of stuff and i was the one like look man they've been averaging like 13 14 points the last couple games they come out and they muster 19 in miserable weather with a backup qb scoot i don't know if you planned on that part but
0: johnson that's my question for you though johnson i want you to answer this honestly if it was sunny In 60 degrees, would WVU have won that game? Yeah,
1: well, and with Spencer, a healthy Spencer Sanders Sanders. and all that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. You made me laugh. Scoot Guido during the game text, and he's like, I got it. It's rain. The secret weapon (laughs) is like, because, you know, we stood in the miserable rain, Scoot, and watched them beat Oklahoma inexplicably. And then it's rain. Yeah, it's rain. Mother Nature is like the secret weapon.
2: Tim McGraw country singer tim mcgraw we're familiar yeah yeah sang a line where he said uh he needed the 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 woman like oklahoma needs the rain okay well they're getting the rain and they don't need it apparently they don't want it they don't like it because it's it's not helping them
0: yeah it was uh it was super weird i mean it was it was uh an interesting game johnson Uh, well and on top of that so weather probably had something to do
1: with this scoot but i'm gonna also throw out there um (laughs) Number one, Oklahoma State's hold on, don't beat me to it. Oklahoma State's uh, wide receivers decided to catch nothing. I mean, oh like not God. even a cold. Like nothing. Nope. Like hit it's him like, in hit hey, him in the uh, chest.
2: It's <laughs> as if somebody gave them a, an unlabeled jar and said, listen guys, <laughs> this is stick'em. And it's it's not stick'em. It's not spider tack. It was Crisco. And Johnson,
0: when they did complete a pass, what happened? Malachi Ruffin thought it was incomplete. Oh yeah,
2: right.
1: <laughs> that was one of the most WVU secondary things of the season, right? Doing doing the doing the uh, what it is. What is it about cornerbacks and defensive backs acting, giving the uh, right, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> giving a, the scissor move like the scissor chi-yah. not he not up in chi-yah. here arm wag, and then the guy's 15 yards downfield. But uh, Guido, <laughs> one of those you guys might remember, but early on in the game, one of those passes, those deep passes. Um, because this backup quarterback for Oklahoma State threw he threw a good ball like I mean I know he's the backup quarterback but he he looked fine he looked serviceable early on in this game he throws a deep ball it it plasters the receiver in the chest and gets dropped and the camera pans to Neil Brown and Neil Brown was on the sideline just sort of grimacing and shaking his head back and forth like Okay, dodged dodged a bullet there. And I thought that happened all game. And then finally, and then I'll shut up, Scoot, and see what you think. But at the end of the game, and I tweeted this out. If I had sat for three hours in the rain as as a Cowboys fan, and then witnessed the final four play selections from Mike Gundy's staff to try to put you in a position to score. I, I don't know what I would have done. I mean that I, I, that had to be the, I'm just going to say dumbest four decisions to end that game. It was inexplicable. It was like a gift from their offense to our defense. Well,
2: they're, they're down a score, right? I think at that point they were down a score, maybe eight points at, at the most. They had been running the ball exceptionally well in the second half. Well. First half, no good. Second right. half, they found something. Good. Yeah, they found something. Yes. So they're running the ball like crazy. They need to get, at the very least, I, I think they needed to probably get two first downs before they could take a shot at the end zone. They decide, let's go for it all in the first play. <laughs> yes. Then they decide, let's go for it all in the second play. Then they decide the first two didn't work. Let's try it again. You know, you know what? Now we're out of downs. Now we got go like, to go Four yeah. longer pass plays. Ignore the
1: blinding monsoon rainstorm that would, you know, behoove you to run the ball anyway. Anyway, I thought it was just, it was like the Oklahoma state staff just had a they lobotomy also, for that last possession.
2: Well, in that first half, I think I even texted this to you. That first half, it's tied 7-7. It's a fourth down. It's fourth and, like, one or fourth and two or something. They had, at that point, had run for, like, four yards. This was, like, toward the end of the first half. They decide, you know what? Let's try running it instead of, like, a 27-yard, 30-yard field goal. How did that go for them? Bad. Bad. Like who does that? Just score the points. You're a moron. Well, and I have to ask you guys too at the
1: time. Now forget forget the what transpired the rest of the game, but at the time uh Scoot Garrett Green goes for a 36-yard touchdown run he's immediately benched right the he next series too. Yeah. he got
2: yelled at <laughs> right. he, like, it must have been the
1: wrong read <laughs> he's scolded the touchdown was the wrong read he read down. the wrong thing it's, he was supposed I to throw that can't get this out it's so funny to me and it's like our buddy jake lance over at smoking musket immediately tweeted like well if you listen to got your ears you know third possession that's when substitute like changes, come hell or high water if there's a substitution plan, that sucker's happening, Scoot. Can we substitute the head
0: coach on the third series? I think get a Jalen Anderson came coach. out
2: on the third series. Because I think we had been running Justin Johnson and, and Tony Mathis before that. Now, unfortunately,
0: yeah.
1: later, Garrett takes a helmet to helmet that uh,
2: uncalled un-
0: yeah tar- like helmet. how's that not targeted right
1: uh, it's just it just this guy hits him with the top of right his helmet. it's literally why the rule was created but anyway i digress and nico has to come in now i know people guido you and i normally watch the box score i think nico finishes passing like two for 10 or something 29 yards eight,
0: eight for 14 for or no you're right. two for nine For 29 yards Garrett would for 14
1: I I mean you know He didn't light the world on fire But I I really liked Nico in this game I thought he was tough I thought he he was I thought he was Put in a weird position You guys And I thought He handled it And I also wanted to ask So one other thing I think it's also nice That You take Garrett out, you put Nico in. You don't have to rethink the whole offense, in my opinion. Now the RPO actually still works as an RPO. They play very similar styles. I felt like, you know, as long as Nico, which he did, show that poise, I I don't feel like they they missed a beat.
2: So a couple of things come to my mind with, with Nico coming in, right? One, I think we all have to assume JT Daniels will never wear a WVU Garment right. or pajama pants ever again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I think that that <laughs> ship has sailed. Yes. he's probably I, he was probably back in Southern California it's, before it's the weird. game.
0: His name has not. I mean, he they didn't. Nobody asked about him in the presser. Like his nobody name found come it up at odd all. that he didn't be the guy
2: coming in. Right. Like, well, I, yeah. I that would be. And you
1: don't even see him on the sideline, as far as I'm concerned. No. Like you, you don't see them showing him anywhere on the sideline. Yeah. I. So I agree.
2: Yeah. And my second thought is, I did see Goose on the sideline. Why he hasn't flown the coop is beyond me, right? I mean, listen, it's pretty obvious. Neil or Graham Harrell or whoever's making this decision has no intention of using Goose Crowder at this point, right? No. No. I mean, we've got to believe that. Let's say let's fast forward to next year and let's say Garrett is still there and Nico is still there. I don't know which order you put them in, but they're one and two. Yeah. Right. right. And Goose still has to be three. And maybe, I don't even know, uh, uh, Matt Cavallaro. Is he? He might even (laughs) get more of a chance than. He's like on year eight. I think he's like a
1: doctor (laughs) now. Yeah. yeah.
2: I know, but he might get a better chance. I I think
0: Um, somebody uh, somebody should tell Goose that uh, there is a prolific quarterback. Who is actually graduating from Western Kentucky University? So maybe he should, you know, look near oh, right. He's at Troy now. Oh, he's at Troy yeah, now. I forgot. Right, yeah. yeah, that's oh, a good yeah. yeah. would
2: Goose is from Alabama, I think. Is yeah.
0: He? So it might be a good fit. Might be a good fit. But Guido, Goose.
1: I think, I think the story of this game though was the emergence of uh, Jalen Anderson. I mean, he really came in. Came on strong. He finishes, I think, with 155 yards on just 15 carries, which is amazing. And Scoot, I have to ask you, did you notice, though, he got hot. He scores, I think, on a 57-yard run. They yank him out and they put Mathis back in. <laughs> and so, yeah, and like, I saw people tweeting about that. And it just, I think I tweeted at one point, like, if I didn't know any better, I would think Neil Brown was a paid informant to sabotage <laughs> Neil Brown's good fortunes. That, that's well, the only thing I could think of.
2: It's like, and you see it, I see it, I'm unfortunately, being a Pirates fan, I see it all the time.
1: <laughs> you got a guy that
2: goes three for four or four for four. Hits two home runs. Do you think he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow? No, he's not in the lineup. They're (laughs) going to bench it. Like, why? Like, play the guy that's doing well. Or sometimes when you're watching a basketball game and uh, let's say Eric Stevenson's on fire and all of a sudden he's on the bench for seven minutes in a row. You're like, what the heck? He's played through a whole block of timeout time. Like, what is going on
0: here? I mean, he comes in. Jalen Anderson comes in two back-to-back, back-to-back runs, 57-yard and 54-yard runs you know finishes 155. Johnson he, he's like the Big 12 newcomer of the yeah, week. Yeah, he was
1: named their newcomer of the week. I didn't know that was a thing that existed, Guido. Neither Did you know that? But right. I maybe they
0: just made it for him. And I
1: I, I think you know as much as I thought, well there goes, you know, a big uh part of our running back stable when CJ Donaldson goes down and I you know n- we obviously still wish he was Uh, In the mix, like he was early in the season, I think Jalen Anderson is now another young running back that if you're looking ahead to next year and you're thinking about Garrett Green and Nico being in the mix, now a Jalen Anderson, I mean, you know, these are some guys that now, Guido, I hope stay put, you know? I mean, these are some guys that you can see there's some young talent. I hope hope they get retained.
0: I mean, Anderson was fourth on the depth chart at the beginning of the season. Right, yep. you know finishes finishes the season strong. I don't know guys. I will say this though, Johnson, at the beginning of the year, two of us predicted a 5 and 7 season. Two of one us. One of us did not. Two of us did. I, two You're of right. us did. And one of us predicted only a 4 win season.
2: Two of us got it right. Scoop, what happened? Uh, well, let's be honest. Uh, uh, should I say what Shane said? Well, we were a couple of plays. We were one or two <laughs> plays away from being a 4-18. and 18. <laughs> So that's what I'm going with. We were just a couple of plays Well, away. and the funny
1: thing is I was looking at our picks. We all, all three of us, so like we were very correct overall, but we all picked Kansas, Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma incorrectly. It's just such a weird season, isn't it? I think a lot weird of people season. have been tweeting, you know, if you – I think, you know, So I, I don't, I don't know who to give credit to. I'll have to go back and look, but someone tweeted earlier in the, in the week. If you, if you told someone in August, Hey, you're, uh, you're going to beat Virginia tech by multiple scores. You're going to beat the entire state of Oklahoma and you're going to get a win over last year's uh, conference champion Baylor. You probably would have been asking like, wow, did we make the playoff, you know, like right. with a season like that? And it's like, eh.
0: Not, not not really about that. Yeah, so. it's 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 really strange. But uh, kudos to you and me, Johnson. Kudos to you. Yeah, me. kudos to us. Also, kudos to Dante Stills. By the way, have to can't have to leave with the lead with the uh, Fairmont guy. Uh, finishes his career at WVU playing fifty nine games. He's like the Iron Man of WVU. He's the Cal He's Ripken the Cal of Ripken, WVU, if
2: you will. I mean, let's be honest. Will that ever be matched? No, it'll never be. I don't think it'll ever be. I don't either. it can't possibly be if they go back to like how it should be like, you know, you have four years or five years to play for or whatever.
0: He played in every game that he was on campus for, never missed a game, every season played every game. It's crazy. So, congrats to him. I hope uh, hope he gets an NFL career out of it. Uh, You know, maybe a late round flyer, maybe you know we'll see
2: that's another thing let's talk about that real quick okay like the how many guys from neil brown's era have have made I mean, listen, it listen we've the NFL? done this before
0: scoot no none, none i mean i think you know again if if dante goes into the draft or gets drafted he's still not neil brown's guy he was brought in no by right Holgerson. right
2: but that's the thing, like i i mean i don't know maybe my coaching ideas are like my idea as a coach my job is to win games win the important games, the ones that matter to the school. And then if I've got guys that aspire to play at the next level, my job is to get them ready to play at the next level. So I put them in a better position to do that. And we're not doing that.
0: Let's talk about winning games and let's talk about coaches or a coach that puts players at the next level, either coaching or playing. Let's talk about Bob Huggins. Let's talk about the basketball team going in to the West coast, going to Portland, Oregon, And playing games in the middle of the night, at least East Coast time, uh, for the Phil Knight Legacy Classic Tournament uh, Extravaganza uh, preseason Thanksgiving festive classic. Classic. Did I say classic in there? You did. So WVU loses their first game Thanksgiving night. They play Purdue. They lose it 80-68. to Um, And I'll just go – I just want to start off by saying at the time I watched the game, I thought, you know, they didn't look bad. uh, Purdue looked good. That Edie kid looks ginormous. WV or Purdue ends up going on and winning the whole Phil Knight thing. They, they beat WVU. They beat Gonzaga. Then they beat Duke to win. They beat Duke by almost 20. They beat Gonzaga by almost 20. They only beat us by 12. So, well,
2: and I, that game, we talked about how that would be the first true test of this new group. Um, what, what I think stood out to me in that game is one, Jimmy Bell Jr., Tunka. is going to be a problem for the big 12, and I say that defensively. Edie, seven foot four, Tunka's like 610, He looked like a guard. I think Johnson said that in the text thread. Kind of looked like a guard against him. Listen, Tunka was not getting moved. Like, there was no moving Tunka. Tunka was a, a tree out there, and Edie had to, like, come off the low post. Like, he wasn't on the low post. When he was making his hook shots, he made them. I mean, he, he did well, but those shots weren't easy for Edie, and I think I think that's a testament to Jimmy. I think he did a really good job defensively. The problem we had was two guys that we need to have going offensively weren't weren't feeling well. Something was off with them. With with um, Emmett Matthews and Trey Mitchell, they were not themselves. That's obvious, right? I mean we we've seen them now play two more games since that game, and they look like different guys. Yeah, I
1: mean they combined scoot for five points. And now that you frame it with what we know about Purdue, the rest of this tournament. Looking back, I mean, look, I think with five minutes to go, this was like a four point game, and I didn't even think we were playing that well at the time. So. I you know hindsight is twenty twenty but I in the moment I was a little disappointed but I was disappointed more so that I didn't feel like we were playing at full strength I I think what it was it uh, you know if it wasn't for uh, Stevenson and then a huge game by uh, Joey Toots Joey Toots I, I think. Yeah. You know we're not in it. Now, Zach Zach Eadie still goes for... (laughs) That's what we're calling him, Guido. We gotta get this Joey Toots thing. We gotta get this
0: Joey Toots thing to land, guys.
2: That's what we're we're calling him, Joey Toots. Well, Zach
1: Eadie, I think, still goes for 24 and 12. I mean, there was no no stopping that guy. And I'm not gonna dwell on it too much, but in the moment, I thought the officials were also treating him with kid gloves. I mean, it was like he didn't need any help and it felt like the officials were just making it impossible to draw a foul on him or do anything physical to stop him without being called for a foul so that That's so that was a problem but in this game Guido uh Emmett Matthews goes over a thousand points for his career um and I I yeah I don't know I think in like I said in the moment I didn't feel that great about it looking back you know framing it with the rest of I mean Purdue is now ranked top five um I think they're for real I think they could be a, a one seed in March. Um, you know i actually think in hindsight it, it booster you know it kind of boosts my feelings about the team
0: yeah i mean i think if if you look at this weekend for anything for wvu you know compared to last year where oh, man, night and day yeah, yeah night and day but also compared to last year like just for like resume building into the season like this was a great resume builder for wvu and i think when we saw them and we saw the team's listed last year when they got invited to this Phil night thing we were like oh this is going to be bad
2: news bears but listen i'd say this there's a chance maybe we're playing in the championship if we don't play purdue first
1: yeah that's a good point scoot because you know the the teams that that weren't matched up against purdue certainly then had you know a huge head start i think wvu goes on in game two guido they beat portland state uh, Scoot was enamored by Portland State's head coach. Uh, he was a feisty <laughs> little feisty <laughs> little guy.
2: He, he reminded me of the Planters Peanut guy.
1: <laughs> he just needed a <laughs> monocle, maybe. Is that yeah? Well, uh, Hugs takes over third place all time wins with that win over Portland State. I thought this game was interesting, Scoot, because. If I'm re- remembering correctly, I think six Mountaineers go into double figures in this game. I mean, they really spread the point. There, well, there was no like one person scoring all the points in this game.
2: What's funny to me is it's almost as if ESPN set that guy up, right? Because how often are we really watching these pre-game, like the pregame
1: speeches and stuff?
2: Yeah, like I'm sure they're in there to film pre-game speeches. They probably film both teams, but somebody made the executive decision to let's let's air this guy's speech. Where, one, not only does he talk about uh, some ridiculous analogy where he's comparing the two teams to pit bulls going after the same bone, but he also talks about how they're going to be tougher than West Virginia. Now, if you know anything about college basketball and you know anything about Bob Huggins, who is Hall of Fame Bob Huggins, what is his one... Like, if he was to rest his hat on anything in regards to how he coaches and what his teams are like, what is the one word that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, toughness. 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 So you're going
2: to tell the world, (laughs) you, Mr. Peanut, are going to tell the world <laughs> that your team is going to be tougher than West Virginia. Well,
1: to your point, your team, t- Portland state, to your, your, to team. your point though, do you think as soon as someone at ESPN got that tape, they like ran it oh, out to people They're like, like we gotta air hey, this you sucking. gotta
0: see this. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I mean the team though, I, I get, get it. Portland state's Portland state. They look good. They spread the ball around. I mean, like you said, Johnson, you had all these guys that, that scored in double figures and, Everybody kind of got time on the court. Yeah,
1: and one one other thing just to point out, and then we can move on from the the fighting Portlanders or whatever they were of Portland State, the Vikings, I think, which do you really see a lot of Vikings in Portland, Scoot? I feel like you don't.
2: But uh, Listen, I didn't even know there were two colleges named Portland in Portland. Because <laughs> there's apparently another Portland. Well, and they're purple or something. No,
1: not purple. The other thing I thought was important from this game that – Scoot and I talked about were, uh one of those people that went in double figures was one Seth Wilson Scoot. He went for 12 points on four of six shooting. Um, His best game by far. Four three-pointers, by the way. Scoot and I were talking, Guido, it seems like Seth Wilson has now emerged as a guy that can give you quality minutes off the bench. You
0: know, yeah. I, he's almost, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll say this, Johnson, after watching that game and seeing how he played in the other games this weekend... He's like, he's your number seven. Is he not your number seven? I think it's a, yeah, I think it's
1: a good point. I think, especially as far as the guards are concerned, I think hugs feels like he can put him in and rely on him. He hustles. He gives you a lot of energy and he's a threat to score scoot. I mean, he's, you know, on a, we're, yeah, I don't know that I'd say
2: like he's our best defender off the bench, but he's definitely an offensive threat and we could use a basket. He can get it. I think
1: I'm just excited that went like, come on, you know, we're, we're comparing a lot to last season. When were we ever pointing to guys like that dude's a consistent scorer. You know, or that guy's right. uh that guy can get you some points. And it's just it's nice to have this depth where we still have well, some and people Well, I feel like
2: he's leapfrogged some guys that I would have pegged as more viable options. I think he's somebody that that game alone has made me be like, you know what? All right, I see the I see what the coaching staff is seeing in him because there were stretches where I'm like, why are we playing this guy? Like, what is what is the value? I know there's something there, but I didn't know he ha- at that point hadn't really shown consistency. But now it's starting to show. And I also didn't know that he was the second leading scorer at Saint Vincent Saint yeah. Mary,
0: right behind LeBron James. I like yeah. that. That was a great stat that they threw out during that game. Uh, I, I you know I feel like watching him and watching the team right now. It's like. I want him to learn a little bit of defense from Keedy, and I want Keedy to learn how to shoot from Seth right now. Like, I want them to combine. You know, that that's the biggest thing is like, I understand why why Keedrian's out on the court so much. His de- He is a good defender, and that's why he's seen a lot of playing time. He can't hit shots this year. I don't, I mean, I don't remember him hitting shots this year. I think year. he's he
1: shooting okay. I, I don't think, Scoot, I don't think Hugs asks Keedy. Sometimes I feel like when Keedy squares up for one of those threes, if you pan to Hugs, I feel like Hugs is like, Err. but then he's he's been making he, he's been making shots lately. I mean, he went for twelve against Portland State, and I think his ball handling here in this Florida game was really good too to keep tempo going. So I, I agree with Guido. I know why he's on the court, but it's nice to have some other options at the guard spot, even beyond Joey Toots.
2: Well, and it it also I can I guess when Joey Toots does well offensively. I'm okay with Kedrian there, but I think there was a stretch there where to me in Johnson, we talked about this and, and Guido, like I didn't know why we were put both of them on the floor at the same time. Cause I feel like they were the same yeah. type of player. Right. But um, again, that may be because we didn't have a uh, Seth Wilson emerging like we do now. And I think Seth Wilson gives us that option. I know we played Kobe Johnson uh, a little bit more than we had been against Florida. Um, I like Kobe. I don't, he's not really contributed consistently on offense yet for me to get too excited. Uh, defensively, I think he's, he's decent. I don't, I don't see, he wouldn't be playing if he weren't, let's be honest. You know, that's how Huggins is, but he's not, he doesn't do a lot of things that Excite you, and he doesn't do a lot of things that make mistakes. He's just there. He's reliable, I guess. But I guess I, that's the I, best I'm way starting, to describe
0: it. I'm, I'm at least Scooty Johnson. I'm starting to feel like the rotations are starting to get a little bit, you know, yes. a little more meat to him, A little more like they, well, they feel a little more organized now. We
2: know we got three post players, and they're going to rotate time. Uh, you know, I think Tunka is probably going to get the start, and then depending on matchups, you know, I think uh, Mo. Wagee was was fine against Castleton. I think Castleton again for Florida is not very big guy. It's tall, skinny, but not you know, not a lot of weight. So a guy like Mo will do fine against that.
0: Well, and I think and and, and I think what, what the deciding factor needs to be is the fact that Mo can hit shots. I mean, Mo, sh- Mo is shooting 77% from the field right now, 21 for 27 on the team. You compare that to Jimmy, he's shooting 58, which ain't nothing to be worried about, but that's 10 for 17. So, I mean, Mo's sh- shot percentage is, is stronger right now. But so we win the game against Portland. We travel, uh, we don't travel, we stay in Portland. We just go to a different arena and play um, Florida. The Gators. And what an,
2: it was, listen before we get into that real quick. What an endeavor to like be the person that plans the this this <laughs> legacy. There's the Invitational. There's a men's side. There's a women's, there's a women's side. They've yeah. got three they arenas. Great, like it's I will insane.
0: say, they did a great job. ESPN did a fairly good job for you know having to broadcast 700 basketball games over the span of four days. Um, but I, I will say that. This game was, I think right now, is the defining game for the team so far this season. Florida was picked by one and a half. So it was, you know, Vegas had it as an even game. Florida was favored by one and a half points. WVU just wipes the floor with Florida. Yeah, I
1: like, I think, Guido, this was definitely the cherry on top. If, If Purdue was the first test, I think this Florida game was sort of like... For anyone that like in Scoot, I don't know, Guido and I tend to be a little more cynical than than your than your hopefulness. But we're you know, I think coming out of Purdue, you were like, well, you had that was the te- that was like the quality test so far. And you kind of you didn't flop, but you really had a rough time in that game. So coming into Florida, I was thinking here's another chance for you against what I feel like is a quality opponent in this fifth place game. And we just go out and dominate them really from start to finish. I, I think the the best thing for me, well, two things. Number one, um, if you think back to last season and I think even the season before that, we had this knack of sort of scoot. You know how we talk about that like last four minutes of the first half, first four yeah. minutes of the second half. This game, we we let the lead I mean, come on! It's not to poke at it too much, but we had a comfortable lead that goes down to eight before half. And in my mind, you know, in my well, yeah, like, in oh, my WVU fan, you know, ways, I was like, well, here right. we go, coming out, coming out in the second half. I'm now worried. They go on a twenty to two run to just squash. The second half. The
2: difference is the offense. The offense is there. Well like we didn't have offense. Yeah,
1: before. I totally agree. The shooting was phenomenal in this game. The the efficiency of the offense was really good as well. And then number two, scooter your boy Big Tunka just shuts down Colin Castle. I mean, Colin Castleton gets his first field goal with I think like eight minutes to go in the game. I mean, he was just not yeah. even a
2: factor. And then he also locked down Mount Jatumbo. Or whatever that guy's yes. name, Jatubo. Yeah,
0: J- Jason Jatubo. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say, and like, and for me, the player that you know, I think that I expected a lot from, but is really starting to show up. Scooty Eric Stevenson
2: is. Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. That guy, if he continues at this pace, and he'll do more in one year at WVU basketball as far as popularity goes. Than maybe anybody we've had in a long time. It's almost like, you got to think one year guy who's here for one year. One year that guy is going to be super popular, especially if we get you know let's say we get into the NCAA tournament and, and win a couple games. That character is going to be like a they're going to I don't know they'll they'll name a building after him.
0: <laughs> well, and I don't know if you noticed, so he got those two fouls in the first half, right? They they got, he got those two fouls. They pulled him out in the first half. He comes off, and the ESPN caught it, the whole thing. He comes off the court, he goes down the line, right, to the end of the bench, grabs a chair at the end of the bench, and, like, sits it at an angle to, like, watch the game. You know how, like, the chairs are usually, like, straight on to the court? Like, he picks up the chair at the end of the bench, turns it, sits at an angle, and, like, so he can see everything. I mean, I I will tell you, I think Eric Stevenson's going to be a head coach one day in basketball. He's... I mean, he's just—he looks that way when he's out on the court. He sounds that way when he's, you know, talking. And I'm—I'm I'm super excited about him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I am too. And Scoot,
1: I think we got two other. Th- I, so I don't disagree at all about Stevenson. I mean, he's just—you uh, can root for him immediately if you're a Mountaineer fan. He's so easy to root for right now. But I think we got two other things in this in this game, Scoot. We got we got some aggressive Emmett. Yes. You know I love some aggressive Emmett. When he goes down the lane and Tomahawk dunks one, I go back to that infamous Texas Tech yes. Big 12 tournament game. Kreitzy, uh, yes. our, our boy Kreitzy got at us on Twitter. Like, this is what you're looking for, isn't it? And he had a clip of that. And I'm like, oh, man, just every if I could get that every game. So we got a little bit of that. And then I feel like there's p- some, some parts of these games to me – especially in these early games not purdue but in these early games i feel like there has been trey mitchell and then nine other guys on the court for my money like and, and, oh. and he got comfortable in this game and he just started punking people for florida trying to guard his him.
2: step back jump shot his little pole he does like the what they think Corey alexander and i'll say this Corey Alexander and Dougie Fresh. I don't know Dougie Fresh's last name, but that's how <laughs> Corey Alexander referred to him. They were a, a, a palatable a, a announcer yeah, and analyst, as, yeah, for what we've had, um, yeah, yeah, oh, for what we typically get. Good grief, they're like freaking phenomenal. But um, he even referred to the the one move as like a Hakeem shake. You know, you kind of give him a Hakeem Olajuwon shake. But,
1: you know, to frame, you know, Guido, we were talking about, in hindsight, framing that Purdue game. I think if you get that Emmett and that Trey Mitchell in that Purdue game, we're in it. To me, that's a wholly different game, you know? I mean, yeah. not right. to try to right. dream up, you know, a couple, couple and, of plays here. And couple if there was an illness there, maybe there was an, an illness. I'm not trying then. to do that, but it's like. You get that production from and that kind of play from those two guys, I get really excited.
2: Well, and and it's what we're seeing, right? So we have now what six and one, seven and one, or are we, Guido? Six and one, six and one. Ken Palm twenty nine now, Guido. In the other six games, Trey and Emmett have done really well, right? They've done well. That one game now looks like the aberration, right? That's that's what you don't want to string together a bunch of. Right. right? You don't want to put together, like, well, here's where Emmett falls apart, or here's where Trey Mitchell's a flash in the pan. Right. When you get tough competition, they go away. That's not happening. I think they just, I I legitimately think they weren't feeling well. And they're not going to say that they can't go. They're going to play. Right. Guys want to play. And I, I think that that's part of what we saw. Was that they just weren't feeling great? And I
0: think it's good. This team is starting to get recognition. I mean, you just said it, Johnson. It's actually Ken Palm at thirty. You've got AP. We came out at twenty-nine. Oh, so okay. AP, you know, so I mean, we're getting some recognition. Coaches poll. We were at thirty. We travel to Cincinnati. We play Xavier on Saturday uh, on Fox Sports One. A six p.m. tip from the Cint is it the Cintas Center? Is that oh, the, yes. That sounds yeah, good. The, the, the Centos Center. Um, Xavier, right now, right behind West Virginia. So you look at all those rankings. I think uh, in Ken Palm, WVU's 30. Xavier is 32 or 33. So uh, another test for the school, another test for the team. Um, another, you know, it's one another one of those games that's going to be a defining game. And I felt like last year we played a bunch of easy games in the preseason the pre-conference and you know we we won a bunch of games and we were all excited going into conference play and then we got you know whipped up
2: all all the whole time and let's what's crazy to me is and i know i i think it's because of how the season went like i have a tough time remembering who was even on the team last year (laughs) like i've already blocked (laughs) a lot of them out of my mind yeah yeah like i've already like moved on like I you know I, I don't know it's just kind of crazy and then you compare what we've got this year compared to what we had last year night and day different like the caliber is so much better these guys are battle tested you're not playing guys that are used to playing um Lackawanna Community College in a, in a tough bout or you know hey we've got that big tilt with William and Mary next week you know like you don't have that you've got no no disrespect to William or or Lackawanna. I think they're known <laughs> well, for football, Well, but don't you though.
1: feel like, Scoot, I, I felt like this Florida game was an example. This team feels like it has a bit of, uh, you know, maybe not fully developed yet, but way more of like a killer instinct than last year's team, where like, oh, you know, yes. you've got Florida here on the ropes, and they just... Gas on yeah, the pedal. Right? just right. stay on the gas. Like,
2: foot on the throat, they're not letting it, up. Right, right. We, in past, the well, last couple years, I would even say there were times with with when we had Deuce and and Oscar where we should just be destroying teams and we didn't because we kind of let up.
0: You know, I think this team, and I, I, I hope that they keep the chip on their shoulder. I mean, they were picked ninth in the Big 12. I mean, they started off the season, I think Ken Palm had them like in right around 80. So, you know, this team has, you know, this team should keep a good chip on their shoulder of, hey, nobody thought we were going to compete, and look where we are. Look what we can do. So It'll be interesting to see, uh, but be sure to check out that game. Also, check out us. You can find us online. Look for us on Instagram or Twitter at GotYourEars. You can also find us on Facebook, too. And uh, check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. Johnson, it's where... Everything is to be found.
1: It is. And we'll post uh, this show, as we always do, on the website with all of our show notes with uh, links you can click on if you want to check out stuff further. You can also click through to the merch store and check out the GYEO merch. And we'll have the tune-in link right there on the front page so you can click and listen right in the browser. So check it out.
0: Yeah, check it out. Got your ears on. .com. WVU basketball plays Xavier on Saturday at 6 30 p.m. That game is on Fox Sports One. Be sure to check that out. We'll be back next week with another show. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll have a new athletic director. Maybe we'll know who the head coach for the football team is next year. Yeah, it could be a lot to talk about. So uh definitely check it out. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends to like and subscribe. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.